welcome to America the Bazaar. I'm Jordan Rausch, your host, and I have a new co-host today. I'm Allie. Allie Hitner. It's nice to be here. So, yeah, we're just kind of trying out something new, and um, now we're really ready. We're really getting into it. So, unless you've been on a rock, you know that there's impeachment stuff going on with sure our do. President Donald Trump. I'm quite on top of that rock, in fact. <laughs> Honestly, America's been talking about Trump possibly being impeached since... Before he got elected. Before he even got elected. So it's nothing new, but there's actually inquiries going on now. So it's actually way more real Mm -hmm. now. The fun thing to kind of think about is who does take over when, (laughs) when, if Trump gets impeached, and that would be Mike Pence. So today we're going to talk about our potential leader of the free world, Michael Pence. I'm scared. (laughs) Michael Richard Pence was born June 7, 1959, in Columbus, Indiana, to Nancy Jane and Edward Joseph Pence Jr. Do you think they really wanted to name him Dick? Because he really lived up to that one. I think Richard was probably a close second mm-hmm. slash Dick. I yeah. like him. Yeah. Um, but it, I honestly, he was one of six kids, so Dick could have already oh, been taken. That's true. I don't know. I didn't care too much to actually look into what birth order he was huh. or what his other siblings names were because mm-hmm. there's six of them they could really so. all be dicks <laughs> straight down the line <laughs> yeah. his father ran a group of gas stations while his mom stayed at home with mike and his five siblings uh the pences were irish catholic democrats mm. which makes sense why there were six of yes six so kids. many they weren't very interested in politics but when jfk became the nation's first irish catholic president they got really into it. They were all about JFK, oh, yeah. like most Irish Democrats. Mike said that JFK and Martin Luther King were very inspiring to him as a child. St. Columbia Catholic Church. Uh-oh. And I read, <laughs> I read though, that I think even when they were in high school and maybe college, that if they that, that church needed an altar boy, they would like still call them up and be like, hey, can you come home and be an altar boy this Sunday? Because we're out. So it wasn't even them just as kids. Like They did it for a long time. There was something there. Yeah. All of Michael's brothers, Michael, all of Mike's <laughs> brothers were naturally athletic, but Mike was quite the opposite. He told a local newspaper in 1988 that growing up, he was a fat little kid. The Same. real, like, this is a quote from him. Mike said that he was the real pumpkin in the pickle pack. <laughs> I'm going to get a shirt that says that. So he, his brothers all played football, and he tried to play football too, but his football skills were, this is another quote from him, one grade above the blocking sled. No. At least uh, he really, I mean, he, he understands what we think of him sometimes he, too. He knew, where, he knew where he stood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Instead, Michael, Mike, fo- focused on other extracurriculars like public speaking, and at 17, he became the youth coordinator for the Bartholomew County Democratic Party. So he's got into politics pretty early. Uh, after graduating from Columbus North High School in 1977, Mike attended Hanover College, a private liberal arts college affiliated with the Presbyterian Church, uh-huh. even though he was Catholic. Uh, he had slimmed down a bunch, and he learned to play the acoustic guitar. Every <laughs> 1970s girl dream. Oh, yeah. And I actually looked at pictures of them, and he was pretty hot. In oh, really? The 70s. Yeah, he was a good-looking dude. What happened? So, yeah. Uh, so he actually got cool just yeah. in time for college. Pence joined the Phi Gamma Delta fraternity when he was at Hanover. Oh, Lord. The fraternity was a mix of evangelical Christians all the way to hardcore drug users. And I kind of feel that. I was Greek. You're mm-hmm. Greek. I was going to say that. Both, both of our husbands huh? were yeah. Greek. And... People always have the stereotypical thought of what sororities and fraternities are, but really, in, in, even in each fraternity and sorority, you have like a crazy mix of Such all a types wide of people. So I get this. I mean, that all just really can just connect like, over kegs of beer, <laughs> yeah. which is a beautiful thing. But it doesn't seem like Mike connected over no. kegs of beer. Because he was trying uh, to be skinny. It doesn't yeah. go hand in hand. This was also the same time that he was in the fraternity was also around the same time that the movie Animal House oh. came out. And so his fraternity was really big in trying to replicate the parties and stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. from the movie. The problem was 
that their college, Hanover College, had a strict no alcohol policy. So they got in trouble a lot. And But they would come up with these elaborate schemes to sneak booze into the fraternity. Pence wasn't a big partier. No surprise. Shocking. But so instead of drinking, he volunteered to be the lookout to see if any campus security or campus administration were going to come, like, bust their party. And so his job was to be like, hey, somebody's coming. And then they would go hide all the booze. Except for would he actually just, like, tell the teachers, like, well, they're hiding well, them. Well, that's the thing. You're just jumping ahead. Oh, no! <laughs> so. He screams yeah, cattle tail. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. He was an okay student. He averaged Bs. He did have a lot of friends. So just like your average college student. In 1978, Pence road trip to Kentucky with some of his evangelical friends to a music festival that was supposed to be the Christian version of Woodstock <laughs> at the time. I yeah, think I went to one of those when I was 12 because I, I wasn't allowed to go to real concerts. I absolutely went to one of those when I was 12. Pence spent the like the whole week rocking out to Christian rock. And... That's where he says that he actually reaccepted Jesus into his heart and mm. became a born-again Christian. Mm. Um, so he goes back to school after this week-long Christian rock life-changing event. His fraternity starts to have one of their parties again. Mike's on the lookout. <laughs> Things get crazy. And then the uh, fraternity gets word that an associate dean is coming to bust up their party. So everybody stops partying, goes and hides the kegs and the plastic cups, and Pence goes and meets the dean at the door. So when he opens the door, the dean is basically like, hi, and Pence is like, I'll show you where the booze is. <laughs> like, I don't think the dean even had to try at all. Pence was like, I'll show you. Like, right, He's like, it's over here. The beer is over here. I came for a noise complaint. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so he shows Pence obviously wasn't very popular with his... Mm-mm. Uh, fraternity brothers after that but the teachers had one hell of a party yes and the college actually admired him so much for that that they had that they offered him an admissions counselor job after he graduated <laughs> which he took oh yeah yeah they're like this guy this guy can cut it and he was close He's enough that he could still go home and be an altar boy on uh-huh. the weekend yeah Mike was still involved with the Democratic Party while at Hanover and he voted for Jimmy Carter for president in 1980. But his political views began to shift soon after. He had seen the 1980 presidential election between Carter and Reagan as a contest between a good Christian and a movie star. However, once Reagan won the presidency, he started to win over Pence as well. Pence liked Reagan's common sense conservatism and broad-shouldered leadership. So So he thought he was real handsome. Yes. After college, Mike couldn't decide what career path he wanted to take. He had thoughts of pursuing Catholic priesthood, Hmm. but then he ultimately decided to attend Indiana University's Robert H. McKinney School of Law. But Mike didn't enjoy law school. (laughs) He told, uh, he said, no one I know likes law school. It was a bad experience. I wouldn't wish it on a dog I didn't like. It's really hard to go home and be an altar boy, which was truly his original passion. taking up his time. In order to fill up his days while he was in law school, Pence began to draw a comic series he called <laughs> Law School Days, D, spelled D-A-Z-E, for the law school's paper dictum. They're not good. Uh-uh. A lot of people say they're not good. A lot uh-uh. of it's just bad puns, and it's not even good artwork. It's so, not even great handwriting. So this, Yeah, so this one, I'm showing Allie one of the strips that I found, and it's... It's called, it's basically, it's called Torts Illustrated, so obviously a play on Sports Illustrated, and it's not, it's just not a funny comic. Like, it's just... <laughs> no, it's not. I I wish I, I could read it and explain it, but there's... And maybe it's because we're not lawyers, but I just don't... <laughs> no. I mean, take it from someone that got halfway through their paralegal <laughs> certificate. <laughs> Going places. That That still means nothing. Yeah. But it did run, I think, almost the full time that he was in law school. No one else wanted to write for the Good for my pets. While attending law school, Karen Batten in the parking lot after church, and they hit it off. Mike and Karen talked about her job as a shop teacher at a local school, and then they, they discovered that Mike was going to the same law school as Karen's sister. So she was like a wood shop teacher? Yeah. 
That's cool. It's I feel cool. like there weren't probably a lot of women teaching woodshop. No, especially then. I think this was the eighties, and I don't. They're obvious. Mm-mm. There probably wasn't even that many. I don't know women teaching. Yeah, stuff like that. Mm-mm. After their first visit at the church. Uh, Mike went to his law school's registrar to get her number so he could talk, or he tried to get uh, Karen's sister's number because she was going to the law school. Uh So he went to the registrar and was like, hey, can I have this girl's number? And basically the registrar was like, no, (laughs) you you can't. I can't just give you girls' numbers. And he kept bugging her and bugging her. And finally the registrar was like, fine, here, take it. Which I'm like, you're bad at your job. Yeah. <laughs> Super secret stuff. Yeah. So the registrar gives Mike Karen's sister's number. He calls Karen's sister, but Karen is actually there babysitting her sister's kids. So Karen picks up the phone. Mike gets super nervous and he hangs up the phone. <laughs> so she's like, hello? And he just hangs up because he gets nervous because he realizes it's her. Then he, and this is, like, after college. This is, like, no, this grown is, adult. This is during law school. Okay. So yeah, well, yeah, so he's in his 20s. I think he's, like, 25. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Fun fact, she had already also already been married and divorced. Oh. Yeah. So, but then he calls back because he gets his courage back, <laughs> like, shortly after, just a few minutes later. And he invites her on a date to dinner. After eight months of dating... Karen bought a gold cross with the word yes engraved on it, and she would just keep it in her purse. So when he proposed, she would pull out the gold cross that said yes on it and give it to him. <laughs> I tried to put words out, and they didn't go. Right? Um, huh. Like, yeah. Maybe, I, uh, maybe we were, and maybe I think, I think she held on to it, oh, for a month. She, I mean, she knew it was coming. Yeah. But so, yeah, so after nine months of dating, he <laughs> proposed, so she gave him the cross. He was like, will you marry me? And she just pulls out this gold cross that says yes. <laughs> um, Mike does not wear it. <laughs> but Karen says that Mike doesn't wear it because he's afraid he's going to lose it. It's and is, and it, so I, can you just imagine, he was like, she's like, why aren't you wearing your gold cross? And he was like, oh, it's because I don't want to lose it because it's so special that I wouldn't want to lose it. That's why I'm not wearing it. I think that's the oldest excuse in the yeah. world to not wear something. So I'm rewatching Friends for like the nine millionth time because yeah. it seems right. When he has the bracelet. He's yeah. like, I just love it so much you can't wear it. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, is it the watch? Chandler with the watch. I think I think it's like that giant Mister T gold bracelet. Yeah, it, yeah. I it's think it's either, as large as a watch. It's, it's, it's one of those. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just don't want to lose it. That's exactly what's going on here. Yeah. So yeah. Sure, Karen. Uh, <laughs> sure, Karen. <laughs> Way to go, Karen. We don't trust you with jewelry we're anymore. Gonna, we're gonna. Yeah, we're going to tell you oh now. It's because Mike doesn't like it. Wait. If she ugly. becomes first lady, yeah. Do you think she'll wear the cross? For inauguration. Yes. Is it giant? She probably will make Mike wear it for inauguration just because it's a special event. And she, and now people know the story. It. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting it out there. Because of this podcast, we will watch Let, for the yeah. cross. Let's, let's start. <laughs> I, I feel like they're going to be mass produced here pretty soon. I just, I really hope that it's like. Like, Huge. really large. Yeah. Enough to say, like, yes across it. And yeah, maybe, not, like... Not, not, like, a tiny yet. Because I feel like maybe he would wear a tiny gold cross... But I bet mm-hmm. it's I bet it's huge, like really large, like really big, like too big. Like I grew up in Miami, and like there was some large, yeah, I'm very like, large gold that's, jewelry that's on I'm even thinking. my family members. I like to think that there's also diamonds in the yes. Oh, I, I agree. I think the but, yes is actually spelled out in diamonds. Yeah, across like in a wave across yeah. the gold. I like cross. to think that it takes up his whole chest. <laughs> I really hope he wears it. Uh, <laughs> On June 8th, 1985, Mike and Karen got married at St. Christopher's Roman Catholic Church at Speedway, Indiana. The registrar, like the bad employee that she is, was in attendance. (laughs) She's like, no, wait, I may have gotten fired for this. Except. Let me just happen. In 1988, Pence announced he would run for Congress at age 29. Mike, Mike put on his short shorts. Like you put on, you know those like oh, yeah. those eighties short shorts. 
So he'd put those on, he'd put on his sneakers, and he'd get on his little bicycle. Oh, I bet he had the tube socks up to his knees, though, oh, because it was always short shorts, long socks, sneakers. Yeah. Which is also what I wear. Yeah. So he'd get on his single-speed bicycle, and he rode over 250 miles around his district, stopping to talk to voters that were walking around on the sidewalk. Except, really, the reason for the biking, he's still trying not to be a fat pumpkin in a pickle it's farm. It's true. That's probably what it was. I should also get on a bike and run for 250 <laughs> miles, but here we are. People thought that this was a pretty cheesy stunt, but it seemed <laughs> like endearing, though, mm-hmm. and sweet. So he got the Republican nomination for that seat, but he still lost the general election to the Democratic incumbent, Phil Sharp, by six percentage points. Mm. So not, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Two years again, because it's at the House seat, uh, Pence runs again for the same seat in 1990 against Phil Sharp. Again, Pence tried to portray Sharp as tainted by donations from political action committees. Weird, because I think... I think the person he ended up running with may have the same reputation. May I have mean, done the same thing. To be real, almost everybody. I think it's pretty recent that politicians are like, oh, I'm not going to s- accept money from super PACs. Right? But, like, almost everybody did. I'm, uh, yeah, I just feel like that was the same thing. was like, I have my own money. These people yeah. are taking other people's money. So I, from 1990 up yeah. until now, he's at least stayed with that one yeah. same thing. Though campaign finance records did show that Pence spent around $12,867 of his donation money that was given to his campaign, but he spent it on his mortgage, personal credit card bill, groceries, golf tournaments, and payments for his wife's car. (laughs) So technically, this was legal at the time. Oh, lucky. But people still were like, well, you're kind of a hypocrite. Like, you're using this money that we're giving you... For your campaign on just basically living the high life. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we giving you this money? Pence was pretty unapologetic about it. He said, I'm not embarrassed that I need to make a living. <laughs> but it kind of seemed that he was making more of a living. Like, yeah. Like, bare minimum. Especially because it's like, okay, mortgage, bill, grocers, golf tournaments. Golf, and I think it's the golf tournaments they get. Because yeah. it's almost like, okay, your mortgage, sure. Yeah. Groceries, sure. Golf? <laughs> I mean, my husband personally would say that that is absolutely one of the staples of our budget. Yeah. But it's not. But it's not. (laughs) So even though he was unapologetic, voters were still shocked that this money that was supposed to go towards his campaign was going towards personal enrichment. Not long after the 1990 election, when this was found out, the Federal Election Commission barred using campaign funds for personal needs. Because of ethical implications that came up with Pence's campaign. <laughs> so basically, Pence is the reason that the FEC said you can't use this for personal stuff. Way to go, Pence. I was yeah. about to run for office and pay my bills. Well, you can technically take a salary. Yeah. But you can't, like, you're supposed to, like, base, you're supposed to set your salary and be like, this is how much I'm going to make to make a living. Yeah. And then anything after that is supposed to go straight towards your campaign. And not, like, straight and out of the account, golf. straight to the golf tournament. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's Can Wynton. <laughs> okay, so that all this news about his campaign finances comes out. So he's like, okay, we need to do something to get this campaign rolling again. So he tries a new tactic. And that new tactic is attack ads. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Phone banks that supported the Pence campaign called voters and pretended to be members of environmental <laughs> groups. And they're like, I'm an environmentalist. I'm not going to vote for Phil Sharp because he's selling his farm to a nuclear waste dump. And that's basically what they would tell you. People would be like, well, I don't want a nuclear waste dump near me. Why would that guy do it? Pence also placed some questionable ads on TV. In one ad, he had an actor wearing Arab headgear. No, it's just like like the most, if you think of like a super racist, like Mm -hmm. bad, like, Arab, like, just, like, general Middle East costume. Mm-hmm. That's what this guy was wearing. Oh, like, good. Definitely a white guy. I'm going to show you a picture in a second. Oh, no. So he's wearing headgear, sunglasses, and he's standing in front of an obviously fake desert backdrop. And then he uses this really bad accent while he's thanking Phil Sharp for being Arab oil producer's best friend and for not weaning the United States off foreign oil. Oh, no. Yeah. Phil Sharp was the subcommittee chairman on energy issues, and tensions were starting to heat up 
leading up to the first Persian yeah. Gulf War. And so, and this commercial, though, did not go over well, really, with anybody. Mm-mm. The Arab-American Institute called it ad offensive and asked for it to be pulled off air. The Indianapolis News called it perhaps the worst Omar Sheriff impersonation ever recorded and that it was insulting and derogatory, appealing to racist sentiments. Are you ready to Wildly see Wildly racist ready to see so picture? far and I haven't seen the picture. Okay, so it's 1990. So uh-huh. the quality is not great, but this is the dude. Oh! Isn't that terrible? That is horrible. And so white. Oh yeah, no, that so is... so bad. Yeah. And just imagine a really bad accent. Oh. Yeah. Ah, yes. Um, so Pence lost even worse to Sharp this time than he did two years before. He lost to Sharp by 19 points this time around instead of six. Good. Yeah. Being racist should not... Apparently... Go well in the polls. Back in 1990, racism didn't get you elected, at least not in Indiana. Oh, well, unfortunately, that didn't go well with this presidential election, (laughs) did it? After losing, Pence went on a kind of apology tour. He expressed that using the campaign funds was an exercise in naivety. 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 I can't say that word. Naivety. Naivety? Naivety? He also wrote a personal essay that ran in newspapers across Indiana titled Confessions of a Negative Campaigner, which basically just said a bunch of Bible verses. Oh, And and how he was sorry and everybody's a sinner and that kind of thing. The Lord forgave me for being racist. I'm not going to stop. Eventually. No, I mean, basically he was like, yeah, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. You should be over it. I'm sorry. So Pence has lost two congressional races. Yeah. This is obviously is not working out for him, so he decides another path for his life, and that's to be a conservative public talk radio host. Oh. Yeah. So he, in 1992, Pence debuts The Mike Pence Show, <laughs> which was a radio show Pence described as Rush Limbaugh on decaf. Oh. So basically, all of the conservative views, but without the heart attack. So racist and boring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, without all the yelling. Pence was known on the show as his Mikeness. Quietly racist. <laughs> Quietly. The tagline. Whispering racist. He started each show with greetings across the amber waves of grain. No. Also, my my husband's uh, name happens to also be Mike, unfortunately. And I hope that no one tells him that he can try and go by his Mikeness. No. Somebody should have told Mike Pence that that was a terrible idea. It's not allowed. If you're a Mike listening out there, don't. Just don't. don't. Over eight years, the radio show expanded to 18 markets. It consisted of interviews, listener calls, and hot takes about current affairs. (laughs) Then eventually, they launched a local TV station, launched a blog, and published a newsletter titled The Pence Report. No. Many Indiana locals remember the newsletter primarily for its frequent typos and Pence's self-drawn political cartoons. He's still, no, he's, he's still drawing cartoons. He just can't stop. Wait, he's just, just bringing it back all the time. He loves drawing cartoons. Maybe that's what he really wanted to Maybe be. that's what he really needed to do with his life, was be a cartoonist. Someone was like, you should run for Congress. And he's like, yeah. I've got this really, really great... Uh, political cartoon, law school cartoon. They're like, how about we do that instead? And they were like, no, that's not gonna no. No. pay the bills when you can have campaign money yeah. do that instead. Yeah. Mike took a lot of stances on a lot of things on his mm. radio show. In 1999, the mm. Disney movie Mulan came out. Don't you dare tell me he criticizes Mulan. Mike, I will break out into song. Mike Pence had a lot of feelings about the movie Mulan. He wrote a blog post about how he was victimized by the induced hysteria over the film. Basically, Pence was just really upset that Holly, you know, the Hollywood liberal agenda was trying to push women getting into the military by using this film. Do you want to know why he's so upset about women being in the military? I'll give you like one guess why anybody doesn't want women in the military. Though there's a lot of reasons why men don't. Oh, want I don't even know. So his reason no. is that when you put women in the military, no. men want to have sex with women, 
And so you can't blame them when they want to have sex, regardless of if it's consensual or not. No. Because this was also a time, (laughs) this was also a time when there was like a lot of stuff coming out about, you know, rape and uh, sexual abuse in the military. And he was like, well, what, and basically Mike's stance was like, what would you expect when you put women in the military? Not that men should take you know, should have consequences for their actions. He was like, well, that's what happens. Or that you- men shouldn't r- rape, rape women? Yeah. They should just not rape? Yeah. No, his feelings is that that's what happens when you put women in the military. And he I says... I have goosebumps. I'm so angry <laughs> He even talked about, he was like, and see, even in the movie Mulan, her and her commanding officer fall in love. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Let's get down to business, sir. Yeah. <laughs> because... And so the actual last line of the blog post about Mulan was, moral of story, women in military, bad idea. Moral of the story, (laughs) Mike Pence, bad idea. Another Mike Pence favorite topic was smoking. Mm. But he was actually has been Mm pro-tobacco for a long time. He basically was like, despite the hysteria from the political class and the media, smoking doesn't kill. Mm. Even though 50 years before that, it's so at this time it's been 50 years since the Surgeon General said that smoking does kill. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mike Pence says that, in fact, two out of every three smokers does not die from smoking-related illness. And nine out of ten smokers does not contract, contract lung cancer, which are good... Which sounds like good statistics, unless you say one out of every three <laughs> smokers will die yeah. from a smoking-related illness. It's kind of all how you say it. It's the fun thing about statistics. Also, like, real real things coming out of his mouth. Just... Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just kind of how you, how you play with it. Yeah. <laughs> but, so basically, Pence was trying to explain that his main issue with smoking, he was like, obviously smoking is bad for you, but government overreach about telling you smoking is bad is, is what's is really worse. bad. It's, that's the worst part about it. <laughs> so Pence is obviously, and he, even with his show, he gets more and more anti-government intervention. Mm. And that's just, you can just see it in his blog post, like the more it gets, the more anti-government intervention he is. Like, a lot of conservatives. Mm-hmm. Other interesting articles that Pence wrote that basically, I think we could do a whole podcast on just the Mike Pence show blog. But some of his other topics include the evils of assisted suicide, the insufficient punishment given to a female Air Force pilot that had an adulterous affair, and the trouble with parents relying on daycare to raise their children. I also want to write a blog just based <laughs> on each of his blog posts. The problems with letting stupid people write blogs. (laughs) Oh, and to power much more, but also write blogs. Oh, my next... So I was talking about his government intervention. Pence was also very against Indiana reintroducing otters back into the wildlife population. Because he viewed this as big government overreach. (laughs) Pence warned listeners, state-sanctioned sanitary otters today, buffaloes tomorrow... I'm not really sure what that My means. otter is my choice. <laughs> and I say yes to both. <laughs> I don't understand the buffaloes tomorrow. No. Because I, I don't think the... It doesn't... That doesn't scare me. Buffaloes tomorrow? My God, man. <laughs> They're going to give us buffalo. Buffaloes? Do they have like a buffalo problem in Indiana? I yeah. don't know. I, I don't didn't even know, know if they maybe have. they do, and maybe I'm making fun of something where there's a real problem. Maybe Indiana's overrun with buffaloes. I don't think so. It doesn't seem like it. I don't think so. If we're offending you, Indiana, so. and your buffalo, I'm not even that sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Despite some of these a uh, little bit off the wall views on things. Pence actually came across as very likable. He described himself as a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. And he still says that all the time. But literally nothing that you've told me about his show or his mic-ness or his blog posts, none of that, at least in my brain, comes across as likable. I know. But I think I I think it was just actually when he he would actually have people with different views and yeah. stuff on his show and he'd have callers in 
And he was still, even though he had his views, yeah, he was always very respectful to people, yeah. and he would let them talk. And it was kind of like the thing where he said that he's, you know, he's not Rush Limbaugh, like he has all these views, but he's not like he wouldn't yeah. yell at people and tell them they're, they're stupid. Yeah, he would let them talk. He would listen. He would still explain his point of view while he thought he was right, but he wouldn't like barge in on that. Which I like. I can respect that in a way. Yeah, I don't respect him, but I can respect that. Yeah. And so he actually became sort of a celebrity in Indiana. In 1999, a congressional seat opened up and Republicans urged Mike Pence to run for it in the 2000 election. Karen and Mike took their family on a trip to Colorado while he decided to run or not. Because he's already had two failures, Mm -hmm. and so he doesn't know if he wants to do it again. Mm -hmm. So they're in Colorado... Mike and Karen go on a horseback riding trip, and they watched two red-tailed hawks soaring over them, and they took that as a sign that Mike should run. I don't believe any of them. I don't. I mean, I, I've i seen two hawks soaring above me before, but... Have you ever taken that as a sign that you should do something? No, I said, ooh, look at the birds. Look at... Look. Well, look, they're really big, I, I actually think. Maybe, maybe it's... I just don't think... Maybe I don't notice the signs telling me to do things. Or maybe signs aren't maybe. real. <laughs> <laughs> or if they are, maybe they're not birds that are maybe. literally flying well, all and the time. Well, like, that doesn't that doesn't even make like, sense why you would think that that should tell you to run. Were they, was it maybe a plane that had a banner behind that said, said Mike, Mike Pence, Pence run, run. They're like, oh, look, a hawk. <laughs> we need an idiot. <laughs> He's like, you're right. I'm here. I'm going to run. That was mean. So they decided that he should run based on the hawks. He runs. It's 2000. Um, so it's 2000 now. Uh, so 10 he, years. Yeah, he has a blog, so he knows the internet. He sets up a website for his campaign. His stances that we can see on his old campaign website on issues, they included his opposition to same-sex marriage, mm. his opposition to anti-discrimination laws that protect gay people. It also went into his stance on the Ryan White Care Act. Mm. So the Ryan White Care Act is an act that provides federal funding for HIV and AIDS patients. Mm -hmm. And so this was Mike Pence's feelings on it that it said on his website. Congress should support the reauthorization of the Ryan White Care Act, but only after completion of an audit to ensure that federal dollars were no longer being given to organizations that celebrate and encourage the types of behaviors that facilitate the spreading of the HIV virus. Resources should be directed toward those institutions which provide assistance to those seeking to change their sexual behavior. I'm livid. Just so, hearing that, and this is 19 years ago, and so, I'm still mad. A lot of people felt like that was a thin-veiled way to say that he wanted to take money uh, that supported LGBTQ population, mm-hmm. and instead give that money to gay conversion therapies, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, you can get that from that. Mike Pence's yeah. team said, absolutely not. That's not what they were talking how about. But that would be a thin veil. That seems pretty pretty thickly yeah. robed. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Stopping the activity. Yeah. What does it say? Those seeking to change their sexual behavior. So take that from that what you will. But a lot of people believe that he was talking about gay conversion therapy there. Yeah. I would say that yeah. it seems like that's what it is. Yeah. Mike Pence won the seat in 2000 and he heads to Washington, D.C., and that is the beginning of the end, the folks. <laughs> Even as a Republican in Washington, Pence was seen as very religious and based most of most of his legislative decisions on how the Bible guided him. He supported Israel and became a champion to fight against abortion access and to defund Planned Parenthood. He wasn't very keen on policy, but he did have a good feel for how to climb the political ladder. Pence took on several leadership roles and made connections with key figures in the conservative Christian establishment. Mike and Karen's marriage is still going real strong through his time in Congress. One Christmas, Karen gave Mike an antique red phone. Did it say yes on it? (laughs) No, but this is just as fun. I think Karen has a knack for gifts. So she gives him an antique red phone for his desk in Congress, which is just a hotline straight for her to him, because she's the only one that has the number. <laughs> so it's like an old school superhero phone, but whenever it rings, it's just his wife. Oh. Yeah. And he actually, he's taken that from every office that he's had. 
So he, cool. when he is a congressman, he got it, uh-huh. and he took it when he was a governor, and then even as vice president, he has the red phone sitting on his desk, just well, for Karen. that is sweet. It, it, Do you yeah. think she was like, okay, you're not wearing the necklace, you're gonna keep the you're phone? You're gonna have something. Because he can't be like, well, I don't want to lose it, because it's, it's just a big red phone. <laughs> if he tried that, I would have. It would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. She would um, not have been no. happy. She said it's either the phone or the necklace. Uh, yeah. So it came out that Mike calls Karen mother, which no, yeah. So he was like at a dinner and they were talking, and apparently there was a lull, and he was just like, "Mother, what are we having for dinner tonight?" And then people realized he was talking about Karen. Now, honestly, though, I think this is just kind of like an older generation thing because my grandfather calls my grandma mom, and I, I just yes. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that it's like an older generation thing. I get that. It freaks a lot of people out. It, it still freaks mother. me out. And if you guys ever do that, I will shut it down real fast. <laughs> we'll have an intervention. But mom, also very different than mother. Yeah. I feel personally. Yeah. It, it's still kind of weird when it's like mom. Yeah. Well, and also their kids, it's not like their kids were present. Like this was like with like other political like people. Yeah. It, it's when, and a lot of times it's like around family. So it's yeah. natural. Like that's fine. Or, like, when kids are learning to talk, it becomes a little right. bit of a habit, like, back and forth, like, in the house with kids. At a political dinner, mother yeah. is just creepy. Yeah. Mike refuses to dine alone with another woman, like, mm. all alone. Yeah. So, there's there's been a lot of times when, like, interviewers wanted to just, you know, get him one-on-one, and he refuses because he can't be alone with a woman. And he, if he's at an event, even if there's, like, lots of people there, if there's, like, one woman there... And the event also serves alcohol. He won't go to that event unless he has Karen with him. Hmm. I think it goes back to this thing that men just can't help themselves. But to yeah, well, clearly women, he thinks that I think, he yeah, I think he thinks that he can't control his body. Yeah, he's like I can't be alone with a woman. I can't be at where there's alcohol and a woman because who knows what I'll do. Yeah, and I'm like you can just not you can just not rape women. Yeah, you can also just be a human being and you know talk to another human being. Yeah. I do. I mean, I don't know what, because it seems to be across different religions. Because I do, I have known people that, like, they can't be alone. I've worked with someone that they couldn't be alone in the car with a woman by themselves. But literally, they'd be like, no, your car broke down. I'm going to leave you here and call someone else for you. And I I just can't get that. I just think it's just really deep-rooted misogyny. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun stuff. <laughs> While in Congress, Pence was a huge supporter of the Iraq War and insisted that there was a connection between Iraq and Al-Qaeda, even though there was no proof, there still is no proof, that there was a connection between the two. Pence was also a huge advocate for free trade and voted in favor of every free trade agreement that came up while he was in Congress. Lastly, oh, another no. fun fact, we know that Mike Pence loves to draw his own comics. Oh, yes. Fun fact about Indiana. Oh, no. Jim Davis. Oh, yeah. He is the creator of Garfield, Mm -hmm. the comic. He is also from Indiana. And Mike Pence has a huge crush on him and loves Garfield. But he'd be allowed to eat alone with him, so that would be fun. Um, Mike Pence loves Garfield so much that while he was in Congress, he took the floor and he would had a five minute speech wishing ha- uh, Garfield happy birthday there's literally a, you I watched I watched the whole video it's it's on c-span in Congress did he ever wish even his wife happy birthday I don't know I would be interested to I'm know. not gonna say no because I don't know yeah but he did spend five minutes in front of a huge poster with Garfield oh, no. jumping out of it's Garfield jumping <laughs> out of a birthday cake and he doesn't sing at all but no. it's literally like Mike Senator, or it's like uh, Representative Mike Pence is here to take the floor, and he's like, "Thank you," and he literally just talks about how great Garfield is for five minutes. I recommend looking it up. I'm absolutely gonna watch. But that. it's just a straight up C-SPAN video. It's it killed me almost. Yeah, that's it, I was, it was great. It's I insane. have no words. <laughs> and but apparently Mike Pence and Jim Davis are good friends. They hand, oh. they like at Halloween, they like hand out candy together. I mean, Mike that makes Pence, me a little sad. Mike Pence's office is filled, filled with Garfield memorabilia and a bunch of it signed by Jim Davis. 
Do you think he also lays under a blanket and says Mondays? Yeah. Yeah. I think Mike Pence is Garfield. In 2011, Pence met with an evangelical bigwig, Ralph Reed, to talk about Pence putting in a bid for president in 2012. Reed convinced Pence to get elected as governor of Indiana first, Mm -hmm. and then use that seat to launch his presidential run in 2016. And that is exactly what Pence did. He Mm -hmm. went back home to Indiana, and he tossed in his hat for the governorship. Pence refused to run a negative campaign... (laughs) Because it went so well for him the first He time. learned his lesson. He instead asked his ad makers to make his commercials have a morning in America kind of feel. Did he start them with, what was it, good morning of the eight? Oh, Amber wave, was great. Amber I don't know. I just want to I just want to put this in there. I was watching morning news the other day, and I was kind of going through it. And, you know, it's like, today, good yeah. morning America. And I saw one that was called, it's morning America. <laughs> And I Just said, in case you didn't know. And I said, I think that's my speed <laughs> for this morning. <laughs> I only had one cup of coffee. Was it good? It's morning. Oh, it's morning. It's morning, America. <laughs> oh. We don't know if it's good, but it is morning. We're, but it's here again. We're here again. And it's morning time. <laughs> I just loved it. It's time for you to drink cu- cups it's two morning, through six America. of coffee. <laughs> Indiana especially at this time, is a Republican-leaning state. Mm -hmm. But even though it's Republican-leaning, and Mitt Romney takes it over Obama by a lot, Pence only wins the state by three percentage points. Oh, wow. Yeah, so barely. Oh, wow. As the new governor of Indiana, Pence started cutting taxes and taking on unions right away. In 2015... Pence had a great idea to create a state-run news outlet called Just In, but it's spelled, like, here, you can see, it's, but it's, like, all one word, like, Justin, like, Justin, like, the name Justin, but the last two letters are capitalized, like, Just In! (laughs) Justin! So, here's the thing about state-run news outlets, Uh, let's, let's think about other places that have them, Um, North Korea. Ah, yes. China. Russia. So... Especially being a democratic, capitalist, free country, mm-hmm. we have Sometimes. problems with state-run media because we like freedom of the press. <laughs> it's, you know, kind of up there and, yeah. and important things that so we deal with. Pence's idea was that it'd be great because it would be a news channel that allowed the Indiana government to control the news that came out of their offices. Oh. And the free, independent press would no longer have access to cover the government besides repeating what Just In <laughs> had released. Okay, here's the real question. Do you think that he submitted his hand-drawn cartoons to other press in Indiana and they refused it so he this, really wanted to payback? start his own? Perhaps. And I wonder if Just In... Would have been, had a segment of just Mike Pence cartoons. I think so. Probably. They announced just in to the Indiana public and Republicans and Democrats together are like, this is a terrible idea. You're we, insane. America does not do state news. Just in. Just That's in. not allowed. Yeah. And so it was quick. I think it was like a week after it was announced that it was pulled. They're like, oh no. Okay. Bad idea. Never yeah. mind. Forget that we said anything. A little later that same year, the Republican-controlled state legislature passed a bill that would allow Indiana business owners to deny deny services to gay customers for religious reasons. Uh, Think like the whole cake baking incident. You don't want to, Christians don't want to bake cakes for gay couples. That thing. Yeah. I, and I'm not, and I didn't mean that as like all Christians don't want to bake cakes. No. There was a particular case. Yeah. It's still stupid. And I'm not shocked. I guess I didn't know that he was directly related to that. From what I found, he didn't write it, but it did pass legislature. And so when that happens, it goes to the governor to sign. And so he knew that this was a really controversial bill. And so he was like, I'll sign it, but I don't want it to be a big deal. So it was closed door deal. No press Mm -hmm. were allowed. Only like, uh, like priests and nuns and a few like Republicans. So... All like, from the legislature, people. were allowed in the room. So it was kept pretty hush-hush that he actually signed it into law. But then a photo from the signing got released. Mm-hmm. And people went 
crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a ton of pushback after Good. that got released. There was companies threatened to stop bringing jobs to Indiana. Good. National organizations, including the NCAA, which is based oh. in Indiana, actually. I didn't know that. Yeah. The NCAA said that this law might keep them from holding events in Indiana, which would take so much money from the economy. Yeah. So after only a week after the photo got out, Pence decided to sign a toned-down version of the, of the Religious Freedom Bill, but it basically was already too late for his approval ratings, and he just saw his chance of launching a 2016 presidential bid just yeah. flush down the toilet. And, I mean, good, because it's like a toned-down version. What, only... Yeah, it's, yeah, still... Still bad. He's not going to run for president in 2016. He decides to endorse Ted Cruz for the nomination. And then Pence watches Donald Trump, like, just annihilate everybody. It's like, that's my kind of crazy. I'm yeah. getting on this train. Well, so, yeah. So, you know, he watches that. And Pence wasn't a fan of Donald Trump at first because Pence is this super Christian guy. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump is obviously not from all the things he mm-hmm. says and does. This is He's on his third marriage. He obviously mm-hmm. has... Spent his life, like... Spending daddy's money on women. Doing, yeah. So... And their silence for being... Yeah, the things he says and does. Like, it obviously doesn't fit into Mike Pence's ideal man to look up to. You know? (laughs) He's not Jim Davis. He's not Jim Davis. (laughs) He does... Donald Trump doesn't draw cartoons of cats that eat lasagna. But he might also eat lasagna and say, ugh, Mondays. But luckily for Pence, actually, Donald Trump wins the primaries, Mm -hmm. and Donald Trump's campaign starts talking about VP candidates, and Mike Pence's name gets brought up a lot, because like I said, Donald Trump, he, as a Republican, you need the The religious vote. You need the Christian vote. Mm -hmm. But Trump is struggling with that because of how he acts and what he says. So his campaign's like, we need just a super evangelical dude Mm -hmm. in here. And they're like, Mike Pence, he'd be a good running mate. But Trump thinks he's super boring, and he wants New Jersey Governor Chris Christie to be his VP. Oh my god, VP. I forgot. forgot about Chris oh my Christie. God, there's so and much, everybody thought that so Chris much Christie was going to get it. Yeah. Um, but Chris Christie was like, his Trump's campaign wasn't crazy about Chris Christie, because Chris Christie was this other like flamboyant, loud dude. and they Wasn't just, there like a meth scandal? No, it was a, it was a bridge. Yeah. Bridge scandal, which that'll probably be another episode. Yes. All on itself, too. So that July 2016, Trump still hasn't picked a VP candidate, but he's campaigning through Indiana. And all of a sudden, his campaign chairman lets him know that his plane has broken down on the runway and they would have to spend the night in Indianapolis. So Mike Pence offers to host Donald Trump for dinner. Says, I'm Says sorry. mother. So, yeah. The candidates are coming. Sorry I'm about your plane. Mother and I will host you for dinner. Come on over. Do so, formal invitations would say mother and Mike Pence. I hope not. So great. I hope not. According to two former Trump aides, there was no problem with the plane. It was actually all pa- Paul Manafort's plan. Remember Paul oh, Manafort? Oh, I forgot about Paul Manafort. Yeah, he used to be in charge of the campaign. It was all his idea to get Trump to spend more time with Pence and hopefully let Pen- Pence win over Trump. He was like, wait, they both hate. He's like, wait, we're in Indiana. <laughs> we're in Indiana. Yeah, we're in Indiana. There's someone. We need Pence. He can get the religious Maybe vote. Trump just needs to spend time with him. They both hate a lot of people and are racist. If we can get them in the same room and get them talking, yeah. there could really be some sparks. Yeah. So, and That's actually, it works. Pence wins over Trump at dinner, and Trump picks him as his VP. Did Mother also get a cross that said yes for what he asked? Probably. And Trump's like, like I can't. The VP it's too might nice. be coming. <laughs> Given this, it says yes. It's one of those Pandora charm bracelets. <laughs> Have you seen Trump oh. wearing that? It just says yes and yes. diamonds. Pence is the VP candidate. He starts going out and campaigning for Trump. Getting that Christian vote. While campaigning with Trump, Mike Pence sent out an email blast with the subject, Nefarious News! Exclamation point. And it reads, Is it another cartoon? No. <gasps> I know. Subject, nefarious news. Good morning. 
Hoping this email reaches you well. We sorry for this emergency and for not informing you about our trip to the Philippines, but we just have to let you know our present predicament. Everything was fine until we are attacked on our way back to the hotel. We are not hurt, but we lost our money, bank cards, mobile phone, and our bag in the course of this attack. We immediately contacted our bank in order to block our cards and also made a report at the nearest police station. We have been to the embassy, and they are helping us with my documentation so we can fly out. But I'm urgently in need of some money to pay our hotel bills and my flight ticket home. We'll definitely refund, in all caps, as soon as back home. Kindly <laughs> let us know if you would be able to help us out so we can afford you the details required for a wire transfer. Wanting to hear back from you. Thanks, Mike and Karen. We'll see. Here is how we know it's a cat. Uh, it's... Yeah, so obviously that's... That's a, that's a scam. That's a phishing email. That was a big thing that happened, though, for a while, was that email being like, I'm stuck. Yeah. I think it might have been a West Wing episode, too. I might be wrong. But everyone should have known well, he only calls Karen mother, so she he wouldn't have signed her name. Right, yeah. Her name's Karen in the email. That's obviously not them. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, there's all these punctuation and grammar errors. And yeah. if you're campaign, people are like, you're not in the Philippines. Your campaign, yeah. you're literally on the campaign trail for Trump. Also, that super PAC just gave you yeah. $300 million. Yeah. So, obviously, Mike Pence fell for a yeah. Philippines phishing scam that yep. got his email hacked. This email was sent to everybody in Mike Pence's email address book, like most spam phishing attack Do emails are. it was a link that said... Oh, God. Scandalous know. Garfield pictures. And so we clicked Probably. No one believed it because it was so obviously a phishing yeah. scam. So then somebody was like, hey, Mike, you've been hacked. Your AOL email account has been hacked because Mike Pence still still uses AOL email in 2016. But that's not even the biggest part no. that Mike Pence uses AOL. It's that this personal email, this AOL email, he was using to conduct state private business. Kind of like, oh, I don't know. Huh. Hillary Clinton and her private email servers, huh. Mike Pence, was doing the exact same thing I as wonder... governor of Indiana. Oh and the reason God. we know this is that the Indianapolis Star made a public records request to look into his hacked emails. But they were told that some emails were too sensitive to be made public, which means they contained important state business. Yeah. So, the whole time that Trump was making a big deal about Hillary Clinton's private email his server, VP. his VP literally was doing state-sensitive emails from his AOL account and which, was falling for phishing scams. Which just really has justified, at least for years now, every time I'm at work or I personally see someone with an AOL account, I instantly distrust them. Yeah. And now I'm proven now right. You know. Now you know. If you're on AOL, just get off of it. Get Gmail. It's free. Yeah. It's better. I don't under. I didn't even know you could get have an e- AOL email account still. I thought that like went away with dial-up. Yeah. Sorry, AOL. On October 7th, after months of Pence defending Trump's remarks and stumping for him across the country, the Washington Post published the Access Hollywood tape where Trump talked about grabbing women by the... P- everybody knows. Everybody knows what that word is. Yeah. <laughs> we won't say it here. <laughs> And the campaign was obviously thrown into chaos. Republicans all over the country were withdrawing their endorsements, and many were calling on Trump to drop out. I remember there was, like, I I think our Idaho representatives, Mm -hmm. they said they wouldn't support Trump anymore. Yeah. And there was all kinds of people that were like, no, I have daughters, and this was outrageous. And Pence was like, hey, when Mulan came out, I essentially said the same thing. (laughs) So Trump tried to call his super religious vice president pence but his calls went unanswered and unreturned many on the campaign were worried that this was going to cause pence to drop off the ticket and it was reported that pence sent a letter to trump explaining that he needed time to to decide whether he should stay with the campaign or not so so he was home watching mulan and uh, trying to (laughs) reinterpret it so apparently though pence wasn't trying to decide if he was going to stay on the ticket or not he was trying to decide if Trump should stay on the ticket or not. See if he could beat him by going as the front runner. So within hours of the tape's release, 
Pence reached out to the Republican National Committee and made it clear that he was ready to take Trump's place as the party's nominee. And and this was only four weeks before Election Day. Reince Priebus, remember him? Yeah. (laughs) The chairman of the RNC was being flooded with calls to get rid of Trump, and a group of Republican billionaires even asked a Trump associate how much money it would take for Trump to walk away from the election. According to the source, the answer was $800 million, is how much money Trump was willing to take to just walk away. I mean, I get it. I mean, for $800 million. Yeah. Trump called a meeting with uh, all of his campaign advisors and big people from the RNC and asked how bad the damage was. Priebus told Trump he could either drop out or lose in a huge landslide. Mm-hmm. Priebus let Trump know that oh, Mike Pence was ready to step in as the presidential candidate with Condoleezza Rice as his vice. So just like close your eyes for a minute and imagine a world where it was Mike Pence and Condoleezza running against Hillary. I don't know. I don't, I can't even imagine what no. that would have been like. No. But Trump refused to step down, and he just kept on campaigning. Three days after the tape was released, Pence went back to campaigning for Trump, too. And then Trump won the presidency in November of 2016. And he put Pence in charge of his transition team. Pence picked many of the cabinet members. In January of 2017, Pence was sworn in as the 48th Vice President of the United States, using both his own personal Bible and the Bible of Ronald Reagan, the guy that inspired Pence to become a Republican (laughs) in the first place, to swear in. In his first year as vice president, Mike Pence broke the tie in the Senate that was needed to confirm Betsy Davos as Secretary of Education. Trump put Pence in charge of a commission to investigate voter fraud, and he also put Pence in charge of the Space Force Commission, which, honestly, we haven't heard very much about Space Force lately. So, it was a big, kind of disappointed. Yeah. It was, it was big news for a while. It was. So, don't know what happened to Space Force. The new second lady, Karen, decided to take a job teaching art at a Virginia elementary school. For those of you listening, in case you don't remember, Karen is really mother. 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 Her much preferred name. Mother Karen. Mother Karen. A passage from the employment application of this school states, I will live a personal life of moral purity. I understand that the term marriage has only one meaning, the uniting of one man and one woman. Moral misconduct, which violates the bona fide occupational qualifications for employees, includes, but is not limited to, such behaviors as the following. Heterosexual activity outside of the marriage. Homosexual or lesbian sexual activity, polygamy, transgender identity, any other violation of the unique roles of male and female, sexual harassment, use or viewing of pornographic material or websites, and sexual abuse or improprieties towards minors as defined by scripture and federal or state law. So these incredibly homophobic, transphobic, like, rules are, like, written into the school where so, she's... Yeah, so, you can't be employed if you're going to have... Even... It's not even just like that. You, like... You can't even have sex with anybody outside of your marriage. And then... Yeah. You, and then even if you're married, you can't have... Well, they, which they say homosexual or lesbian. Do they... I don't wonder if they just don't know if those are the I just don't thing. think they... I think <laughs> that they are so incredibly clouded by their stupidity that yeah. that they can't figure it out. They just don't care to learn. Yeah, that's true. Obviously. So that's just for employment to become a teacher there. But there's also a parent agreement that has to be signed that's on the school website that states that the school reserves the right to refuse admission or to discontinue enrollment of a student if the atmosphere or conduct within the home, the activities of a parent or guardian... Or the activities of the student are in opposition of the biblical lifestyle the school teaches, including sexual immorality and homosexual or bisexual activity. That's just... So, like, a kid can get kicked out if, if, his if their or his parents have any kind of... are gay. That's disgusting. Yeah. Also, I mean, 
clearly even that whole thing of being like, I'm going to sign down a tone, like a toned down version of this law, which yeah. both were wrong. But like, yeah. you can see that clearly yeah. very much built into so, the Pence. So that's where Karen Pence is started teaching. And she had actually already taught there for 12 years when Mike was in Congress. Oh. So she had already taught there. And she went back. She said that she was very excited to get back to teaching art at that school. Does she wear a cross that says straight across it? Right. Just, I mean, just to make sure that everybody knows. So Taryn's teaching art. She also illustrated the children's book, Marlon Bundo's A Day in the Life of the Vice President, which was written by their daughter, Charlotte Pence. Marlon Bundo is the Pence's family rabbit. The black and he's a black and white mm-hmm. rabbit. He's pretty cute. So Trump doesn't have a dog. Pence doesn't have a dog, which many presidents do. I very but, much distrust them for this one. But Mike Pence does have a bunny, and his name is Marlon Bundo, which I think is very cute. So Charlotte, their Poor daughter, bunny. wrote is writing children's books about Marlon Bundo, and Karen illustrates them. And the books follow Marlon Bundo as he hops around Washington, D.C., following Mike Pence, and then ends the day reading the Bible and praying before bed. So, you know who John Oliver is, Uh right? If anybody doesn't know, he hosts an HBO show called Last Week Tonight. I highly recommend it. I love it. He also wrote a book, or had one of his people write a book, called A Day in the Life of Marlon Meets Another Boy Bunny Named Wesley. And they decide to go get married that same day. And it goes all throughout that. So It'll be the cutest bunny wed- wedding ever. Little gay bunny wedding. <laughs> Oliver's book quickly outsold their original Bar- Marlon Bundo <laughs> book. And profits of the book, of John Oliver's book, are donated to the Trevor Bo- Project and AIDS United. The Trevor Project is a nonprofit that focuses on suicide prevention of LGBTQ youth. It's an amazing, like, it's the an Trevor awesome, Project's amazing. Yeah. And so, also, fun fact the Trevor Project sent 100 books of John Oliver's book to Karen Pence's school. <laughs> so, that's kind of where I'm going <laughs> to stop talking about where Pence is because it's all kind of more in the present now and. Mm-hmm. Everything, I think, is still kind of floating around, and, and have we haven't decided bunnies. what fact is. But here we are today. There is an impeachment inquiry into President Trump for pressuring Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden, who is a, for the next presidential election, is mm-hmm. an adversary. Mm-hmm. So people are very upset, thinking that Trump was asking Ukraine to meddle into this election. Yeah, which came directly from the transcripts. Right. And so there is a lot of evidence that shows that he is, but Mm -hmm. I also don't want to say that it's true. We don't know what's going to happen. Nothing's been decided yet. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I'm just going to kind of put it out there. Maybe we'll update this after everything settles down. But also... Trump has also mentioned Mike Pence's name, and Mike Pence's name has gotten tossed around in mm-hmm. an impe- impeachment inquiry, too. So, how this works is if Donald Trump gets impeached, and he's actually removed from office, because, like, Bill Clinton got impeached, but he was never removed. Yeah. So, like, Al Gore never became president. No. So, if Donald Trump is impeached, and then he's actually removed, Mike Pence becomes president. Mm-hmm. If Donald Trump is impeached, Mike Pence is also impeached. Nancy Pelosi, the mm-hmm. Speaker of the House, becomes our next president. So, in the future, probably very soon future, we'll probably do an episode on Nancy Pelosi to see if that, you know, what a Nancy Pelosi presidency might be like. So, we'll keep you guys in the loop. America the Bazaar actually yeah. has a giveaway this <gasps> episode. We are giving away one copy of John Oliver's A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. So um, good. Booked and one lucky listener. All you have to do is do one of three things. Like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, or leave an iTunes review. The lucky winner will be announced November 28th on this podcast and then on social media. And then I'll contact the winner and I will get that book sent to you. If you would like to know more about Mike Pence, our VP... I had a ton of sources for this, as you can probably tell from how long this episode was. She is such a good researcher, and I so. <laughs> did nothing but sit my butt on the floor. <laughs> so get ready for this list. Uh, Mike Pence, Everything You Need to Know by 
Ainz de la Quatera, and Chris Good. Trump's VP, 11 Things to Know About Mike Pence by the Indy Star. God's Plan for Mike Pence by McKay Coppins. And that was my main one. That's in the Atlantic. It's actually a really good article. Mike Pence's Journey, Catholic Democrat to Evangelical Republican by Jonathan Maller and Dirk Johnson. Here's What You Should Know About Mike Pence by Molly Riley and others. Cracked Podcast, which I really recommend. I love their podcast. Mm-hmm. They had one called 12 Bizarre Mike Pence Stories Nobody Ever Brings Up. It's, it's pretty great. I would definitely listen. I'm not going into politics solely for the fact that I'd be afraid someone would make a podcast like that Absolutely. about me. Mike Pence used campaign funds to pay his mortgage, <laughs> and it cost him an election by Rosalind S. Helderman and others. Karen Pence is the Vice President's Prayer Warrior Gut Check and Shield by Ashley Parker. Mike Pence and Conversion Therapy, A History by Liam mm. Stack. Karen Pence to teach at school that bans LGBTQ employees, students by Brooke Sobelsa and Von Hilliard. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit patreon.com and search for America the Bazaar. We have lots of fun rewards on there to thank you for supporting us. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and rate on iTunes. And then you can be notified whenever we drop a new episode. Anything you have to say, Allie, before we go? I love being on this podcast. I (laughs) apologize for not having a filter. I don't apologize. But I'm, I'm looking forward to more episodes and more impeachment theories. And Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with this, and there will definitely be more episodes as the impeachment inquiry goes on. So until next time, stay, stay weird, America. Stay weird, America. <laughs> <laughs> so close. <laughs>